this anymore. Here's your host, Colton and Oh, uh, I think, God, I think, I think he's done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. March Madness clown. Um, he just, does he sound like he's, uh, sound like he's getting weaker to you. His power is the weakening. The spell only lasts well, so long. March Madness is almost done. And then he goes back into that little Jack in the box that you keep in your room till next year. Till next year. I mean, maybe, <laughs> We might ship that Jack in the Box off next year. Uh, well, offer up. Und- yeah, offer up. Uh, oh, that's right. You got it in the first place, right? Yeah, offer up. I got it for this weird uh, little lady. You remember, <laughs> you remember that um, <laughs> that horror movie that was just all about this girl who bought like a haunted box at a garage sale, and she Isn't got ha- like- haunted by this like super old Jewish ghost, yes, like a, a dibbick, like yeah. a Jewish demon. Yeah, that's like at Zach Bag Bag Zach Baggins is like uh um paranormal Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins, he's a ghost hunter, and he he bought one of those like uh ju- like the Debic boxes, and he has it like in his museum in his hometown. Oh really? And he's like he had Post Malone on <laughs> one of his episodes, <laughs> and they were gonna open the box, but Post Malone got scared at the end. And he said he couldn't do it, and he was like, okay. I think it'd be fun to own like one of those weird paranormal no, museums. No, no, oh no! It's all garbly gook. <laughs> Come no, on. I can't. Come on. It's too scary. It's too. What scary. they? What is it gonna do? I don't know. Ooga booga! It's got in the middle of the ooga booga. Ooh, ooh, oh. <laughs> Stuff all right well out. welcome as the, i think the clown said welcome to a new episode of uh too big to bail we're we're in the thick of march madness uh, uh <laughs> and this week we had some real madness in the mix uh eric you had to watch the film nothing but trouble uh a kind of uh fan favorite in the the bad movie uh community and I had to watch, oh, the Ice Cream Man, uh, which you know I think probably has its cult following. It's it feels like the kind of movie that would. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that I am willing to join that community. I'm I'm pretty hesitant to join most cult followings, just because I find followings in general uh, are pretty obnoxious. Um, but Ain't this that the truth? I, but this was what it was. Uh, you want to start with you or you want to start with me, big guy? Let's start with yours. Okay. So I watched The Ice Cream Man. It's a uh, it's a horror movie. It's a B-picture B type thing. Uh, it was 1995. It stars Clint Howard. Uh, the same year that he was in Good old Clint. Uh, Apollo 13. In his, yeah, Ronnie Pre- Howard's Primo big brother. Clinto. The Tamer of Gentle Ben. Um, <laughs> that was a fun discovery for me this week, is that he was the guy from Gentle Ben. To, uh, um, he is the controller of worlds and the and the master of all beings. Clint Howard, everybody. Clint Howard. And just to, get, just to clarify, I know there's a lot of stuff going around about Clint Howard right now. 
Uh, he did not attack those dogs. <laughs> he did not attack those dogs. He did not is do that... it. There's there's video evidence of him walking away right before the dogs got attacked by two coyotes. He had nothing to do what? with it. And just uh, let's just leave it at that. So, Colton, continue. Let's let's leave it at that because I don't know what to do with that info. Uh, so, Clint Howard is is portraying the titular ice cream man in one of the most deranged performances I've ever seen. Um, so, the movie starts with uh, young young pupa Clint uh, witnessing the gangland murder of an ice cream man um and then we do a little bit of a time jump to uh what i assume is supposed to be modern 90s time uh because of the, I, I i i think because of the dress you can kind of f- put that into play um where he has become an ice cream man in the neighborhood um but he's a real creepo uh, he puts bugs in the ice cream and just, just kind of loosely handles it with his bare hands and just is gross and off-putting. And he has a big uh, surgery scar on his his skull and he is constantly, he has this real stilted way of talking. It's just like, yeah, it's he talks like the bug scary. man from Men in Black. He talks like. That guy. And it's like, I wouldn't buy ice cream from Bugman no. from Men in Black. And he was such a bad ice cream man. That's my biggest issue. He was bad he at was it, yeah. He was a bad, bad ice cream man. Everyone, all the kids in the neighborhood buy, like, the name brand ice cream. And he seems genuinely annoyed that no one is buying his homemade ice cream, which what does just hard have... hard packed? Hard packed ice cream? His hard pack, yeah. His hard pack. <laughs> it has, like, just, like, guts and, like, bugs in it. And it's just, like, it's literally like a commercial for, like, a Nickelodeon product or something. It's fucking gross. Um, the main characters of these of this movie are uh, the standard kid gang that has the standard uh, dynamic of a kid gang, which is of course Nerd, uh, who is played by <laughs> Small Paul, Cool, who is played by Racer, Fat, played by Tuna, uh, who is wearing who is a child in a fat suit, uh, and Girl, played by Heather. Um, girl also fulfills the role of rich because they didn't want to cast another child. So, um, this movie is all over the place, man. It is such a nineties garbage mess that I, I, it's it's so, it's so hard. I think this, I think the, the main, the, the main appeal of it is when it was coming out, it was like during this time period where a lot of kids were starting to go missing like much more like rapidly and like it was like a big concern of like kids missing more at 12 and so yeah exactly kids are going missing in this in this uh neighborhood and it seems like the most dangerous neighborhood in the world in in america because every adult that you get more than a couple seconds with seems like a predator um there's a janitor in the park who is just staring at the kid gang and then comes in and tells them the story of the Pied Piper like a real creepo. Um, and then, uh, the oh, by the way, the, the kid gang dynamic is one of my Saving Silvermans, uh, which should say a lot because uh, I have to go for that. Um, so there's all these little... Um, there's these kind of all the adult characters that aren't like directly parents are just 
creepy to these kids. They are all, they all kind of like, it seems like the director was like, all right, you're the ice cream man. You're going to take them. And um, the ice cream man himself actually gets to a lot of these predators before they can get the kids. But then he also gets the kids. Um, he's not, he's not doing like sex stuff with kids, but he is planning on killing kids, right? I don't think so. Or, I don't think no, he was ever planning he's to not. kill kids. Because he only tried to go after that one kid that got away. And, and, and he only went after that one kid because he saw, the kid witnessed Ice Cream Man murder Ice the Creepy Man. Park janitor. Yes. Um, throughout the film, there are, are, are quite a few flashbacks of just Ice Cream Man in uh, an institution where basically he was kind of brainwashed into believing that every day is a happy day. And um, that's where he got his passion for ice cream at, is that the nurse, who he does still live with, who is retired now, uh, would, would give him ice cream to convince him it was a happy day. Um, so, but they were like injecting him in the brain with stuff. Um, it seemed like not a good place. Uh, but he is, he is bad at his job. Uh, it, it, like exuberantly so. It was bad, bad, bad. His his ice cream truck is creepy. It has bars on the windows. Um, it just looks bad. Um, this movie also hates ice cream. Uh, because I've never seen a more aggressive take on making ice cream look gross. Yeah, it's like uh, soupy, soupy, nasty. There is never a solid ice cream eaten like there is a like the kids all get popsicles and that's like the like like cool fine that's what i would do too given given the seller but like there's not there's not a solid ice cream cone shown it is all gross yucky stuff it seems like they might have filmed it in florida in the summer and they just couldn't <laughs> keep any of it cold it definitely feels like um is that this great? movie doesn't really follow logic in the same way that you and I would in a real life situation. It follows more of like a goosebumps kind of uh, episode yeah. logic, bad, and uh, kind of that combined with like a with like a dream logic, where you're just like, well, okay, I guess that makes sense if I'm like just in a dream. Um, so, and the dream logic of the movie is another highlight for me. Because once you kind of realize that's what we're doing, then it's easier to kind of go with the flow. Um, so, basically, there is an unnamed kid who is not part of the Rocketeer gang. Um, and he goes missing. Uh, and so, no one really cares, actually, except for his mom. And then... Uh, Small Paul, the gang nerd, um, finds, sees the ice cream man in the back alley at night. And the ice cream man is kind to him and gives him an ice cream scoop on the house. And is like, I relate to you. Uh, I was like you. I liked reading books. Um, stuff like that. And so, um, then... The then Paul, small Paul sees evidence that the that that the ice cream man had killed the park janitor, and so ice cream man must take small Paul. 
but this action is witnessed by Tuna, who is the fat kid in a fat suit. Um, and so Ice Cream Man is chasing down Tuna now, but he now only knows what Tuna's shoes look like. And is going to try and track him down in the neighborhood based solely on that information. Uh, Tuna is now getting the gang on board with like, hey, uh, I think some shit is up with the Ice Cream Man. And once he's being chased in the park by the Ice Cream Man, before he can get the gang on board, he finds the kid that was uh, that had gone missing, who was not kidnapped, but was just hiding in the park because he had witnessed hiding what the, the Ice bushes. Cream Man. He was hiding in he was the just bushes. in the bushes. He was like, Prime I've, been, I've, been, I've been here for two days. Yeah, for like two days. And no one even looked in the bushes? Yeah, no one even tried. Like the police are not even out? The police are not good in this movie. They're not good at their jobs. Bad cops. Um, they're intense. They are intense and they are bad. Um, they know that it's him. Like and since like the beginning, they're like, oh, we, uh, this guy's pretty creepy, but we can't do anything. Yeah, everyone that meets the ice cream man is like, this guy's a creep, but what are we going to do? He says he has ice cream. <laughs> so, um, so Tuna and the unnamed outsider kid go to convince the rest of the gang that the ice cream man is bad. And together they decide to go tell Tuna's dad, who is played by the main character from American Werewolf in London. I don't know his name and I'm not going to look it up. Um, you know who he is. If he's listening right now, sorry, bud. Um, and his, Tuna's dad is a lawyer who is not interested in fucking Tuna's mom anymore. Uh, Tuna's mom is a kind of overstrung blonde lady who wears vampire clothes. Um, and they fight a lot, probably over tuna, to be honest. Tuna <laughs> seems like a problem. Tuna is always tripping and falling, eating stuff. Tuna is it, the main thing about tuna that his parents know about him is that tuna makes a mess. Makes a mess. And he's, um, he's like, he can, he's a sloppy he's boy. Slow. He's very slow. As he's, far he's as a speed. slow sloppy speed, boy. He has no speed. Man is built with no speed. Built like a brick shithouse. Yeah. But. Sloppy is all get out. Um, And so they they fail utterly to get any of the pertinent information out in the meeting with the dad. Because the dad is just interested in being cool dad. It's like, why don't you guys go see a movie? And it's like, oh, this uh, in my head, it was clear he's setting up an an affair. And and it was that. So um, there's all the person he's having an affair with is the neighborhood floozy who is interested also in the ice cream man. Um, yeah. It's kind of wild. No. Um, but then, instead, so when they can't get the dad on board, they go to the police and they're like, look, we got evidence that, like, this is the guy. He's taking the kids. And so the police go to the ice cream man's home, which is, of course, a abandoned ice cream factory. And they search it. They really, they really search it. They bust it apart. They're like ripping shit off of walls. But the, they missed one spot, and it was exactly where he was hiding. Um, Small Paul, 
Uh, and they also don't check the truck, which is uh, chock-a-block with uh, evidence uh, of his murders. Show it to the uh, court. So, yeah, so they give him, like, a business card, and it's like, you call this number, and they'll they'll fix the place that we broke. They didn't just um, raise them. They made a mess. They made a mess. I mean, they, all their pants were covered they in They knocked cream. out... Yeah, they knocked all his, like, the ice cream that he was brewing. They knocked it on the floor, which is like, super gross. Do you gross. know how long it takes to make brownie brittle? Brownie brickle. Brownie brickle. You know how long it takes? A couple hours? Come on. Yeah. So he's making it. He's making ice cream. Um. Oh, gosh. And then when the police fail to pin the crime on him uh the kids are like all right we're gonna have to get the evidence ourselves and they enter surveillance mode they don't invite the outsider kid who has been harassed by um by the ice cream man before uh oh i worth mentioning um heather's family is weird uh they are rich <laughs> very crazy. they are religious and they are like the dad is a pastor the mom gets actual visions from the lord himself the archangel gabriel is talking <laughs> through the mom uh so heather doesn't want to spend a lot of time at home uh rightly so and that's not really something that goes anywhere it's just something that's happening in the background uh so surveillance night the group they all bust out of their houses in their black out. This the surveillance outfits are my last, uh, my final saving Silverman, uh, because it's um, black sweaters, black sports war paint under the eye, black berets, uh, walkie-talkie headsets, and bikes with huge model rockets strapped to the front, like not like the way you would think. It's just like up, up along, like, like parallel to the handlebars uh and it looks bad because <laughs> they're the rocketeers that's their gang uh but they do a little surveillance they find they get into the truck and they take pictures of the blood on in the truck and the <laughs> stuff the blood and the guts um they do real police work yeah, and then they go to get that developed, but uh-oh, it's it's tuna no, it's cool. It's Racer's Big Brother's camera and he was using it to take dirty pictures with his girlfriend. So he's peeved at at Racer and his he hates tuna. He hates tuna, I think just because tuna is fat. Um tuna is a little, tuna is a little chunk. And he assumes he assumes that fat fat kid is no good. Um, so they go and get the pictures developed. Um, but the police are all the while, they're still kind of investigating, um, the ice cream man. They get into his history and how he was in a mental institution. And then they go to the mental institution where the doctor they're talking to is clearly not a doctor there is clearly a patient who is and the patients have taken over the mental institution and killed the doctor and are just kind of 
loose in there and seemed to have been for a while. Yeah, it looked like they made um, their own little society. Yeah, like how are they surviving? What are they eating? Each other. Who's ki- Yeah, and so because they can get out, they can get out of there. They walk out pretty easily. Uh, so one cop is pretty freaked out about this. The other cop is completely unfazed. And literally, like, the one cop runs out, and the other one just, like, walks slowly with, like, a parade of crazy people behind him. Um, and they they kind of, like, sometimes they'll step in front of him and go, like, ooga, booga, booga. And he's just like, mm, no. He's and he like, pushes him and keeps walking. <laughs> Get out of here. Come on. And he just, like, walks at literally a snail's pace out of the building. Yeah. Um... And then they're like, for sure, oh, for sure, this is the guy. Um, but doesn't matter. He's after the kids, I think. Uh, oh, he kills he kills Tuna's dad, um, because Tuna's dad is also mean to him. Um, because he's like, well, you're a creep. I don't like it. He's been showing um, this whole time. He's been showing Small Paul how to make ice cream. Small Paul seems into it. Small Paul is like loving this guy. He's like, this is interesting. Yeah, teach me more, Ice Cream Man. Um, and then, oh uh, gosh, so there's a big kind of shootout thing where Ice Cream Man kills cop, kills a bunch of cops. Um, people, he's chasing the kids at the ice cream place. The nurse he lives with is gone nuts and basically gives up the kids after they go to hide with her. Um, he gets oh, remember he does this funny bit where he gets the uh, the two cops' heads and he puts oh. them on his ice cream scoopers and makes them talk like puppets. Oh, that was great. What'd you th- what What'd you think of that? I was uh, creative. It was yeah, it was funny. Um. I he's I would say the ice cream man himself is not a terribly um creative word user. So the banter he came up with is not so bad. Very it's not very creative either. Um when he catches tuna, I think his big line was, he catches tuna breaking into the van. He goes, "Your ice cream." Yeah, your ice cream. <laughs> Which doesn't mean anything. Your even in the context cream. of what he does. Your ice cream. Um, so, um, basically, there's all these montages throughout of him like scooping ice cream with his bare hands. And I'm just like, I beg you to use a single tool to use these, please. And it's so gross. Everything, like, it's like a gross-out movie, which is, I mean, what it's supposed to be, but it worked. I was grossed out, which was, and I'm was not easily grossed, grossed out. What was more grossed out, this or Joe's apartment? Mm, this, I think, takes the cake. Joe's apartment really? was, like, kind of gross, but this is, like... I gotta disagree with I you. I don't know. Because you this has bugs, too. This has bugs too. 
Yeah, but do you remember that apartment? But it also had. It, this has a scene of a man literally gargling an eyeball in his mouth just like for like 20 <laughs> seconds. And it's like, he can't figure out what that is. <laughs> it's a cop. It's a cop. He's just like open mouth, just like kind of stirring it with his tongue. And it's just fucking gross. He's like, ooh, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Yuck. Um, so... I guess the way it ends is that in a, in a, a turn of events that the ice cream man could never have seen coming, Small Paul turns on him and pushes him into the ice cream stir machine where he gets um, pretty badly mutilated. Uh, several cops die. No kids die. Everyone gets out okay, except for Small Paul, who is now in therapy, uh, working through his newly found love of ice cream and being the ice cream man. <laughs> That's, it. That's uh, it. What is what is your what's your high point on this one, there, Spooky? High point. Hmm. Oh God! I would have to say it has to be when the chase of like when uh, the ice cream man picked up tuna with one hand <laughs> in his oh, car, yeah. picked him up. That yeah, was... ice cream man is kind of strong. Low... He has to be. Look, he ripped that yeah. guy's head off. Low point has to be any moment when he's like dealing with ice cream. Oh yeah! Like Do you, all, you remember also when oh, he like no, he's no, making the no ice point. cream is it, and he finds that lady's diaphragm uh, in the ice cream. I would think the low point is I would actually have to say is when he made the ice cream for the cop with the eyeball on it. Like that process of That's making gross. that cone was oh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah, it was gross. Um. What do you think would make this movie like better for you? For I guess I should answer that. What would make this movie think, better for? I would guess like I would cut down on like the downtime between things happening. There's like a lot of like there's a lot of like low like boring points in the movie where nothing is really happening. We're just kind of filling the time with just like nothing stuff. Just it's just gobbledygook. And yeah, I would have him kill more people. Like he, I think he kills four people in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he has to kill more people. He had if you, I don't know, he wasn't terrifying. So if he would have killed kids, that would have been more interesting. I I would have loved if he like leaned more into the going after the people who are going after kids. Yeah, like this town is clearly chock a block with them. There's like several. There's like the janitor guy, and then there's another guy, and then I think uh, a third person shows up. Who is like also weird to kids, and also, uh, how about um, making him, uh, making us understand, like just giving him some better lines? I mean, Christ, make him talk. <laughs> yeah, all of his like all of his lines are like, "Are you ice cream?" Yeah, there's so many ice cream puns that you could do. Yeah. He didn't do any. He didn't do. He did nothing. He did your ice cream. Your ice cream. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh, genius. This kid doesn't know that you this kid doesn't know that you're turning people into ice cream. It's uh wild. Yeah. 
I, honestly, this movie has to be because he wasn't ice cream. He was tuna. He was tuna. I don't know. It, this movie was so uh, felt longer than what it was. It was a very short yeah, it was, movie, it, but it felt way. It longer. was pretty short. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, that's all about the ice cream man. Uh, you know they're they're supposedly making a sequel to this, like now. Like I've seen pictures from the set of Clint, which There's, doesn't yeah. make sense to me because Clint, I think, died. Right? Right? He dies. Who? Clint. Clint Howard. Yeah, he dies. I mean, the soul of the ice cream man lives on, but yeah, he dies. What if it's just like they do that? They do like a retcon of the ending, and they're just like, no, that's just rumor. He didn't actually die that night. (laughs) That'd be interesting. Very. All right, Eric, tell me about your movie. Tell me about nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Stars is is a is a 80s masterpiece would you say <laughs> it's a on paper if you just read, read this cast out in like 1983 this would be like a block people would be lining up to see this film just see if you read out the cast i think yeah just the the cast of it makes sense but like on paper i don't think the story is like something that makes sense Yeah, it's like, it's a there's like one. six turns in it. Yeah, it's you there. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm there. Uh, I just had to readjust my stand; it was falling apart. Uh, All right, so let's get back. Let's into get into it. this movie. Get into this movie. Tell me, tell me. I mean, I watched the dang thing with you, and I'm still gonna need <laughs> you to tell me about this movie. So it starts Chevy Chase. He plays a financial publisher. Which just is uh, he he runs a magazine that's uh, based around oh, that's finances. What he, I, I yeah. th- okay, I thought it was like something financial. I was not clear on yeah. what it was like. It's there's like a magazine that comes out that's about finances. He runs he's publishing house for it. Um, okay, so he's kind of in the New York highbrow high town Manhattan rich guy smokes a cigar walking walking into a building. Crazy yeah. shit. He also, ha- he also brings that unique Chevy Chase quality of being bored yeah. no matter the situation. In the beginning of the movie, like we're introduced to just him, and then it just starts off with him like getting out of his car. That's really it's like nice. A, yeah, it's like a city, yeah, it's, like it's a like city his apartment. skyline. Yeah, it's his apartment. And he's going up, and then he runs into Demi Moore, who's like she's like upset about something she's clearly upset about something and they it's uh, like a landfill or something or she she gets upset because she sees like a piece of information that he has yeah and it's uh he's having a a party it's like a yeah he's having they're throwing him a surprise birthday party with his uh uh brazilian clients that he's trying to to nail because he has a Brazilian client that uh, he's trying to sign, and <laughs> he runs into Demi Moore, who's how'd like, you, "How'd a, you feel about them?" We'll get to them, okay? Because uh, they're gonna come later. 
but he runs into Demi Moore. She's walking her two dogs. And she's upset about something. She's like, I, I honestly, I don't even know why she's upset. So something in Atlantic City, she needs to go and like. Yeah, it's like. She, she's like, I'm breaking up with someone. She's over like a land deal or something. It's on. It's pretty hard to. F like, are you looking at a summary? Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at a summary. There's not much. It's like she. I think that it's like was... her ex that was running a uh, suing this landfill company, and she has to go meet them or to intercept this information. It's like oh, it's all bullshit. It's all gobbledygook. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter because we never get there. Like we never get to see what that would have been. Yeah, it doesn't. It's all nothing. They have to. Uh, so they all. So she decides to go with Chevy Chase, and he invites her to his party and stuff, and they head it off and. He uh he invites like because they're both going to Atlantic City. I didn't City. think they were hitting it off. I didn't get that vibe. I mean, she cut they. Oh, she wants to, like borrow his she, car. I think she was like schmoozing. She was schmoozing. She was like angling to get something from him. Yeah, and she's well. She wanted to borrow his car. She was like, "Hey, can I borrow your car?" He's like, "No, but I could drive you there." And he, she was like, well, I, "I can just drive, you know, just no big problem." He was like, "Yeah, no, I, I can drive." So <laughs> no, no, I won't uh, allow that. So they make plans to go drive up, and the, they plan to take the Brazilians with them because why not? I think he's trying. Like they, the, they no, plan the Brazilians to, have kind of invited themselves. They invited themselves, but, but like they're going to stop at that landfill and then they're going to head over to Atlantic City. So it's kind of like a little mini right. vacation. Yeah, a little like gambling trip with the new clients. That's fun. Yeah. That's a good way to spend the, the day. So they so they start driving up. She's wearing this like really uh nice dress and no reason in particular. And she's a nice lady. Nice she lady, nice Damian Moore. She did a, she actually did she was like what she's my one of my savings for him and she uh her character was interesting. You liked Because she wasn't I like liked... she wasn't like a typical femme fatale, you know. She wasn't a femme fatale at all. Yeah. So they take the Brazilians. The Brazilians, they're brother and sister. They're not a couple. It's a brother and sister, and they have. I feel like I feel like that wasn't revealed until wicked late in the movie. No, I think it was. Uh, they have. I think it was introduced in the beginning. We just didn't hear it. Really? Okay, okay. Because like, they have very much like a couple's energy. Other than the guy being pretty flamboyant. But you know, maybe that's just what Brazilian people were back then in in the public eye. Yeah, that's how Hollywood perceived Brazilian people. Very uh, interesting people, the Brazilians. Are they colorful people? I'm... Cool. <laughs> uh, I believe it. I believe all people are interesting, Eric. You sure do, buddy. We love you for it. And I said as much. So they're driving up, and in his car, there's a, a antique GPS, which was just uh, cute and uh, interesting. I didn't know cars back then had GPSs in 1990. Yeah, it's like, it, it like a, a fax version of a GPS. Yeah, it's true. Like it was a, the page was just like refresh, refresh every five miles. Yeah. 
So they get to this weird. They get to this outcove. Like this, they come. They come across this. Why does weird he have land. that? It doesn't like. It doesn't play a part at any like at any point in the movie. Why do they have that? It does kind of because they're using it to get to this place. But then when they get to Valkenvania, they lose signal and they don't know where they're going. Mm. So it does have some. Fun. But uh, they they arrive at the village of Valken Valkenvania. This is a town in New Jersey. Outside of Atlantic City, it is a trashy dump. Terrible people. It looks like that. Uh, uh, any uh, old southern. It looks like a, just a old, like western town. No, no. Looks like uh, Deliverance. Yeah, very much. And they arrive at this town. They drive through the middle of the town, and then the cop, the local sheriff, chief. I'm sorry, chief constable. Sees them, and he uh. Is a chief constable. He catches this, them. I mean, because like all of the vibe is like this is like a self-governed place. Yeah, I don't. They don't. Do they ever explain why they have these rules? They don't really explain that. Yes, they they explain why they're allowed to have these rules. And I think that the only reason they have them is because they're fucking kooks. <laughs> they're good. They're like fucking strange weirdos, and they're like, "But we're allowed to be because of uh, a deal that our ancestors made before before the Magna Carta." Oh yes. Um. So the cop catches them speeding, and the Brazilians convince Chevy Chase that you can out out drive this guy. You can uh, outspeed him and get get him to lose your tail because they they're convinced that he's not a real cop. He's he's not. He's a chief counsel. I don't think that guy has authority. I don't think he has authority outside of especially like I don't know, man. He has a souped up car looked, and he, he has like traps. He has like Kevin McAllister traps set up all around this town to corral speeders. And they, right. so he corrals the big car chase scene. They go through like a uh, construction zone with the car and they're chasing. And then they eventually uh, they get him. They he he like corrals him to run into a dead end with another cop there with like a rifle shoot, stared at him. So they have to stop and they get arrested. Right. Because Chevy Chase was acting like an asshole to this guy. And this guy just decided to give him a hard time. I don't think that's why that happened. I think that they were going to yeah. do that anyway. And yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, based based but on what unfolds. John later, Candy I think this is, is just the chief constable. If I didn't mention John, the John great Jake Candy, Candy, but I love J.K. J.K. is great, but he is up to nothing in this movie. What are you talking about? He has nothing to do. He plays two characters. Oh, you know, yeah, but this character, the chief constable character, is like boring. No, he's great. No, he's boring. <laughs> I disagree. Boring. All right, well, I'll let you tell it your way. He is the grandson to the judge of this here, Valkenvania. What do they call him? Like, what do they call the judge? Judge Alvin P. Valkenheiser. But, like, the, like, he has, like, a title that's not judge. It's, like, the career or some shit like that. It's, like, a weird old-timey sounding term the reeve the reeve the reeve the revolving district the court so john candy takes chevy chase and like his uh, and demi moore and the brazilians to the judge and god this is when the movie just takes 
I mean, this reveals this is a, it's this is definitely our first ace, turn. Ace in the hole. It's damn. I mean, the when they start, like he takes them to a junkyard. Yeah, junkyard. And one of my saving servants is just littered yeah, with. And one of my saving servants is the set because they do go to like a, they do do it a lot with this place that they call them. That's mansion. quite a set. Quite a set. If, it's like it's like all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, like in one. Yeah. Um, so take it to the judge. The judge is played by Dan Aykroyd. He has old people makeup on. He looks awful, disgusting. He's this. He's also well known for having a penis-like nose. He's well known. I mean, it's well known that this is. Oh, oh, like in the, in the bad movie. In the, yeah, in the bad movie community, that his nose is. Looks like a penis. I mean, it's, it was done on purpose many times in the movie. They well, yeah, they do like that cut where it yeah, just like which I, turns into yeah. a dick. Which I think there's a rumor that they had two noses. One of them is the regular nose, and the other one is the nose that looks like an actual penis. So rumor confirmed. They definitely do. Yeah, they do it like at, at moments where like he's being especially a stinker. His nose yeah. turns into like a legitimate This joke. is a strange Dan Aykroyd performance. Strange. I can't even, I can't even, like, how what, do you even think of this? What's the closest comparison? Oh my God. <sighs> it's like a, it's like, it's like a Mary Poppins side character that is constructed out of garbage. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's it's he looks like a garbage belt kid. Yeah, he looks like it's, a gross being of sorts. Uh, and like every time, every time he enters a new scene, they have to reveal like a new gross thing about him. Yeah. Not good, not good. It's disgusting. It's quite frankly, it's offensive to the eyes. He's, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then and if that's not enough, he does just always do gross shit. Yeah, we'll get to it later like, on. The he's a gross thing. man doing gross shit. So during the judge hearing Chevy Chase, like the judge just starts talking. He's just like talking and talking. Chevy Chase kind of has enough of. It. He's like, dude, you can just give me a ticket. Let me go. And the judge is like, yeah, the judge is like, no, you're gonna stay overnight. And he drops him down into a squeaky toy dungeon, where they had to stay. The do you get the feeling? Do you get the feeling if like Chevy Chase had been nice and like yes. let this like guy yes. who was like clearly being the king of his little kingdom like tell his story that they would just let him go? Yes. Yes, no doubt. So, so just like the the sheer number of people that they've like had they've gotten are just all people who were like rude yeah okay it's i think it's the whole point is that he just he uh he well you can't cuss on his property you can't curse you can't do certain things it's a very like strict place He's just like, yeah, I yeah, want to be treated like a, like a normal noble man of mine of my land and if you don't treat me as such, treated. I will kill you. He does have like a southern accent. Yeah, he does. And this is New, New Jersey. Jersey. New Jersey. Strange, strange choice again, Dan Aykroyd. 
So we cut to this other car speeding down the road, and it's filled with uh, Daniel Baldwin and two Daddy. hookers and a uh, and a, his buddy. They get caught speeding by the chief counsel, John Candy, and they get brought to the judge. And they're assholes in front of the judge, and the whole thing is the judge sentences them to death. And just yeah, and he doesn't is, even like hold them overnight. Yeah, and then he puts them through. Uh, the bone, Mr. Bone Stripper, the Bone Stripper, Mr. Bone Stripper. Great, they have a song for this thing. It's a machine that kills people through oh, a conveyor belt stripper. and a roller coaster. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is kind of. I, that, I, I'll admit, it is kind of fun. That's great. It's like the. It's like the worst version of like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, and they uh kill, and he kills Daniel Baldwin and his group of friends. They die. Yeah, they go through this machine that just like it literally spits out bones strips them to the bum, like dry bones. Yeah, just dry bones, pile of bones. He's been killing a lot of people though. <laughs> so they have, so they have either two options. They could wait till. Actually, I'm sorry. The next scene is they're getting invited to supper, which is just this, a disgusting f- feast of the eyes. Right, they don't see the bone stripper. No, they hear it, though. They hear it, it, though. Okay. So, the dinner scene arrives, and Dan Aykroyd is... I think that's when the stakes really elevate, because you're like, oh, shit, they do just, like, straight-up kill people. Yeah. Like, on a whim. So, they come to dinner. Dan Aykroyd comes down on, like, this chair elevator... This to his central spot because he can't walk for some reason. I mean, well, it'll be revealed he later. Can. He can hardly walk. He has one leg. Well, reveal. Uh, he takes a can of Hawaiian punch and has like a gas can. I, I don't know. How do you describe this thing? It's like a. Yeah, it's like a gas can nozzle that he it has the knife on the bottom of it, so you could stick it into the top of a can, and then it'll pour out the nozzle. Yeah. Ingenious, cool. yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have some old time. This bullshit. I'll describe the appetite, the meal that they're having for an appetizer. They get a lovely ants on a log, Ooh. celery, peanut butter, and raisins, and th- very long ones. Yeah, and we're also introduced to the granddaughter, uh, El Donna. Well, one one of the the other granddaughter. Yeah. One of the granddaughters is the cop. Yeah, she's a nobody, but El Donna, played by John Candy, it's a female. He's playing a, a lady who doesn't talk, doesn't talk. Doesn't she? <laughs> she he goes, just makes uh, she just <laughs> she just makes Miss Piggy noises yeah. the whole time. And she's a she's a mechanic for them. He she makes she made the Mister Bone strip or whatever. It's her thing. Now, in my opinion, this is like the main character that John Candy is playing. This is the trick. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. You thought the the cop was like the main guy. No, 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 no. Eldana. It's this. It's it's Eldana. Because the cop disappears halfway through the movie, and Eldana sticks around. Yeah. There are several important Eldana Eldana moments. Eldania, Eldiano. She she also LB. comes up. She also comes out with the main course, which is. Uh, she's Louise. 
hot. It's a giant, disgusting gray hot dog. Steamed hot, hot dog. dogs, uh, but it's they're like sausages. Yeah. They're like uncut sausages. They have like disgusting. weird foreskins and shit. Yeah, and instead of using hot dog bread, they just used uh, bread from a bag, of, uh, a loaf of bread. That's American. That's a very American thing. It's <laughs> so trashy. Dude, my dad does that shit. Really? But this is but yeah, like if the first time I saw it, I was like, what are you doing? Does he prefer it like that? Make... No, I just think he does it sometimes. <laughs> if, I mean I get it if you don't have hot dog buns, but if you have hot dog no, buns. No, but I think especially when he was like fresh off the divorce, it was very much a like, oh, I'm not going to get hot dog buns. I'm just gonna use fucking bread. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very it's a very single dad move. Yeah. So when they get the hot dogs out, the Dan Aykroyd, uh, the judge, he has a little console of little buttons and stuff. He presses a couple buttons and a. It's a it's a mechanically complex house. Yeah. Uh, Aldana makes she does all of it. Um, she makes it. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said it. she's like the master engineer think, or whatever. She, I think she does the car stuff. Who knows. So he She's the mechanic. So she uh so he presses the buttons and a condiment train, miniature train appears on the table and it goes around really mm-hmm. fast with the condiments on it. And This is my uh this is my high point. Yeah, I knew you'd love this. The condiment train? Condiment. Hell yeah. Uh you know I love a train. So then there's a, a very famous scene. It's it's of Dan Aykroyd's character eating the hot dog. It's disgusting. It's mm-hmm. he eats it grossly and he, shakes it. And it looks dis- like a dick. It's look like he's eating. And a we dick. get the first his nose looks like a dick. Yeah. It's got a lot of dick stuff in it. Dick stuff, a lot of that. Um, Which you know. And then we're introduced say what to you will, dicks or whatever, but like the way that they, we're see, looking at these particular dicks is gross. They're like greasy dicks. And then we're also introduced at the moment to the underground fire that is happening because of a coal mining accident back in the day. It's like so there's like a constant fire, fire underneath them. Yes, that I didn't quite understand, but again, who I guess it doesn't matter. It yeah. saves the day at some point, right? No, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it it does kind of. <laughs> Uh, hmm. Let me think. Uh, underground fires introduced, and this is the, all, oh the the Brazilians they, exit yeah at this the, point. and the the Brazilians make an escape. They actually the 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 final straw for them was uh oh. Dan Aykroyd's uh little train flicked the pickle a little miniature pickle at him and uh he freaks out and he's like we're leaving and they he takes his sister and he jumps out the window and he's yep. they make a run for it and <laughs> <laughs> they get to the moat there's a moat they get to this this moat that's filled with like toxic waste and they swim across it it toxics yeah they reminds him of san paulo uh so they get in the san water san they paulo. cross it and then on the other side john candy is there to uh to help them, he they, he, he convinces Candy. that John Candy to help them get away. Like, we'll take you somewhere nice. We'll take you to Brazil. Uh, th- that conversation is wild. Happens so fast. They're like, we are very rich. We can give you a lot of money. It's like, what am I gonna do with money? I live here. I I I, I have everything I need. 
I, I work under this guy. And they're like, wow, you know what you need is a vacation. Yeah. He's like, you need a vacation. You need to get back. You need to go to Brazil. We'll show you a great time. He's like, okay. Uh, okay. So he puts them away somewhere. We don't ever see them. This is the last time we see them to like the end of the movie. Yeah. And this is the last time we see John Candy for a while, right? We see him again packing his bags. Yeah. So then while that was happening, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore get sent upstairs because uh, they try to make a run for it, but they got caught. But they get sent upstairs to their rooms. They kind of start talking and they kind of start. Yeah, yeah, they start sharing feelings for each other. And I believe a kiss, their first kiss is exchanged between them, which didn't feel earned. No, because Demi Moore is kind of like, I always fall for the wrong dudes. And he's like, well. Do it right now. Yeah. So they go to and sleep. She, uh, they go to sleep, yeah. and Chevy states Chevy Chase starts to cuddle Demi Moore, and El Danya is watching them sleep through the painting with holes. Oh, in is it. that who it is? Yeah. And she turns on the spinning okay. bed and like wakes him up. Because it's the painting. Uh, yeah, it's the painting of some of her, pretty much. So they get up and they get it's out of the room. And they start running and they head down this hallway with like a. Uh, they run. They start opening different rooms, and this hall, this wall starts coming at them like a Indiana Jones trap, and they get stuck. This trap house yeah, it's is a, crazy. Yeah, and like they're they're about to be squished, and they f- they find some like a uh, uh, like a little door, and they get it to the attic, and then the attic there's a trap for them. Now they're stuck at, like with the safe that comes up and gets on top of the attic door in the camping mood because it's heavy, and they're stuck up there for a while. Have you ever heard of H.H. Holmes? Yeah, of course. Do you think this is just like what his house was like? Uh, no, it was way much worse for Colton. Yeah, well, I mean, his stuff was like very specifically yeah. designed to kill people. Yeah, but yeah, I would say so. Stuff like this. <laughs> it's just like shit that moves in the walls. Yeah. Like, whoa. They're supposed to, uh, wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio supposed to play him in a movie? I think Leo and... and um, What's his name? Uh, Marty Scorsese. We're going to make a movie about him, but I don't think he was going to play him. God, I would like to see it happen. Although it's an interesting be, movie, yeah, man. That would be an interesting role. Good. They don't know a lot about yeah. the actual guy, though. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a really good book that I read in uh, high school for one of my classes. It was like called the... It was... Uh, you, went to, you went to Serial Killer High, right? Yeah, and we're learning about it. And it was like the book ha- was about him, and it was also about the Chicago's World Fair. Yeah, and like, yeah. he was like it, his backstory was that he was like a medical student that failed out and could never become mm. a doctor, and that's why he got depre- like depressed and like went crazy because he didn't achieve his dreams. I know what I'll do. I'll kill people, kill them all. Well, that'll be interesting when that happens, and I'll get lots of cool flashbacks to this movie. Yeah. So they get trapped in the room, and now they 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 start looking around. They see a lot of like different, and the room is this covered is, in yeah, post-it this notes. Is, this is like the evidence room yeah. where they're just like all the IDs of the people who've been killed, and like the newspaper articles written about those yeah. people going missing. Like Jimmy Hoffa was one of their guys. So they sit uh, down. They start having a cigar, and then he Chevy Chase pulls something, and it opens a door with the slidey with the slide in it and they take the slide down 
and the slide leads. I thought that I thought that the I thought that the judge opened that door. No, they uh, he opened it. Mm, okay. And they go down the slide. She goes one way, he goes the other way. She ends up outside. Oh God! And he yeah. and he ends up in a bone pit. And is, yeah, in the bone pit that is in the wall directly in the, behind the judge's, the judge's room. Bed, yeah. bedroom. Seems like bad engineering choice. Whoever designed that. It was a judge. It was a judge. So, in the next scene, we see the uh, a reveal of the judge's character that his nose isn't dead, <sighs> indeed fake. And he has no nose, and he is bald, and he is... He took his upper teeth out, too. He takes his nose off, his upper teeth, his fucking insane wig that covers up his lumpy-ass head. Such a weird thing to add in the movie, that the fact that he has, like, no nose. I guess he lost it in World War I. That's what they're like. They're like, well, you know what, this guy, we should make him fucking grosser. I don't like this man. Yeah. Not a good look. <laughs> he also has a penis head. Yeah. The top of his head looks like a penis. I feel like this is like a move that like... Because Dan Aykroyd directed this movie. He wrote and directed it. And it's like... Damn, Dan, did you just not want anyone in Hollywood to fuck with you ever? Yeah. It's such a weird move. Like, any... Uh, maybe he was married at this point and happy with it. But like, if any person saw this movie and and then i it dan Aykroyd made a move on them they'd be like no are you kidding me i've seen you pull your nose off yeah he had like fucking gross ass oh god it was so disgusting um so we then find that find out through demi moore because she gets she escapes and she's like in the junkyard that the car has been stripped for all the metal. Eldona. Eldona stripped the car. Stripped it. Yeah. And she's a, a miracle worker with that with that uh with that tool. And then she also meets the next right. the next characters played by not sure. The next nightmare. Nightmare. Uh Bobo and Little Dubby, little Dubby, little Dubby, played by and one was played by Dan Aykroyd. I believe the other one's played Dan by... Dan Aykroyd played Bobo, and little Dubby was like that's the only movie role that this person has. I looked at it; it was not it nobody. Was nothing. Yeah, this was it for them. Okay, okay. So she meets these two uh, strange creatures, these defected creatures of the judge that live in the junkyard, scrapping metal together. And they find what Demi they look Moore. Like, Eric? Yeah, they find Demi Moore. Actually, well, Eldonia finds Demi Moore, and she's about to kill Demi Moore. But then the Bobo and Little Dub decide, no. Eric, describe these creatures. They're big babies, bald. They're giant, slimy, babies. greasy babies, dirt covered babies, fat, greasy babies. They've got baby haircuts where just like single amounts of hair pulled up into like. They, you know what they look like? They look like those, like, um, when they, when they do those, like, what if this cartoon was real? Yeah. Are they, like, real renderings yeah, of, like, like Shrek? Yeah, like, Ed and Eddie or... creature. Yeah, yeah. The, it, they look like that. These, these also do look like Garbage Bell Kids. 
Yeah. They're, these are they garbage pail let, kids. They should have let Dan Aykroyd make a garbage pail kid movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they miss our boat, but that would have been... Uh, this, that would have been encompassed in this. So all the garbage pail lore. They beg, they beg Eldanya not to kill her, and they decide, and they, they become friends like fastly. They become friends. They start playing cards together. They kind of form a little yeah. attachment. She uses them. That's it. They just kind of play cards, and that's like what she does for the next yeah. like twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> so then, uh, a mysterious hearse appears. Uh, being pulled in by the chief constable. I mean, not the chief constable. The uh, it's the lady. The, yeah, the, the other granddaughter. The sister. Yeah. And Colin, will you tell me who the people were in the car? My man, you got the whole digital underground. A whole digital underground. Now that's my kind of part. This is definitely a high point of the movie. This whole. Bit. Oh, for sure. Because it. You know, I rescind. Yeah, I rescind my my table train to. I gotta give it to the the digital underground segment because it's so out of left field. Where it goes, what happened, like where it starts. Yeah. You never you never know what the scene could have gone. So because this is ways. the third. This is the third party that they've brought in for the night. Yeah. Busy night for the judge. So the judge goes down yeah. and he sees the electric underground. They're speeding. Uh, Chevy yeah. Chase is also there. Chevy Chase is Chevy like, Chase has been caught and brought down. He's been well. He hasn't been caught yet. He he. When the judge leaves, oh, he gets caught. He, yeah. When the judge leaves, he uh, escapes into his room and starts peeking around. He takes a gun. He has a bone in his hand. He's gonna fight the judge, but the judge somehow kind of beats him, and he the judge runs him into Eldonia. And, right. And who they have a house rule of whoever Eldonia touches, whoever touches Eldonia. She gets to keep them, yeah, as like forever. Yeah. Uh. So the judge brings him down. So he's talking to the digital underground, like, "What's your deal?" He's like, "Well, oh, we're musicians." He was like, "Musicians? Why don't you play me a little something?" Yeah. Yeah. He's ready to kill these people yeah. until they're like, we're musicians. And he's like, what? Play me a song. This man loves yeah. music. They start playing him a song. They play Around the World. Yeah. Same song. Same song. Uh, which they is kind of kill it. I'll say it's a banger. Yeah, they kill it. Tupac there singing it out. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the the judge gets in list on all it. The members, just list all the members of Digital Underground that you remember. Don't look at the list. I can hear you looking at it. I can't. I can't even name one. Chocolaka. Chocolaka. What about Shmoovy Shmoove? Who's the guy with the nose? That's uh. Uh, that's Shock G. Shock G. I believe. Yeah, they're from Oakland, California. Yeah. Huh. He he does. He's like the main vocals on the Humpty Dance. Yeah, man. There's so many members of the Digital Underground. Because I think Shock G is like his like stage name, and then when he puts on the glasses, I think he becomes Humpty Hump. Yeah, Humpty Hump, Money B, Chopmaster J, DJ New Styles, Humps. Mac, Two Fly, Eli, DJ Fuse. So many, I can't. There's uh, literally. I think a lot of them were like one-offs too. Like they would just like yeah. pop in and pop out. It was kind of like the Gorillas. Like yeah. Uh, 
so the judge joins in. He starts playing on his little piano, and the girls. Oh yeah, he's feeling the song. You know, the girls are into it. Everybody's into it. He's like, "All right." Yeah, the backup dancers are are grinding on the old nasty judge. Oh, that was gross. Yeah, man, this man. So, yeah, he's like wailing on the organ. So the judge uh, lets him go, and he pulls aside Chevy Chase. He's like, "Look, I'll let you go if you marry Eldonia." And uh, Chevy Chase is like, "No, that's not what he does. He's uh, he pull he lets the digital underground go. He's he like, the digi- I'll let you go, but I need you guys to play my daughter's wedding." Yeah, but then he doesn't. He pulled Chevy Chase aside. He's like, "Look, I'll let you go, but you gotta marry my daughter." I thought he. I, I don't remember him getting a choice. What his choice was? I'll let you go if you marry my daughter, or you can just stay here. No, it's like I'll kill you or something. I was like, uh, you'll. Oh, okay. Well, that's really not a choice either. <laughs> so okay, they have an so... impromptu wedding. Aldania's in her beautiful bride's uh bri- bridal groom in her uh bridal, bridal, gown. bridal gown with a. We've seen we've seen John Candy packing his bag. At yeah, this point. he is gone. He has left the movie. So the judge, they go in front of the judge. They, they're about to read off their maritals, and then what happens? He like says no, he can't do it, right? And then he, then the judge puts him on the the bone stripper. Um, he just kind of tries to get out of it, yeah. and then. Eldonia is insulted and won't do it. Yeah. And so because he's insulted Eldonia, um, the judge does like put him on the bone stripper. Puts him on the bone stripper. And uh Chevy as soon as Chevy Chase gets to the actual bone stripper part, the machine breaks down and he survives. He just goes right through it to the other side, unharmed. Yep. Kind of a miracle. Kind of a miracle. Uh, so then he's able to kind of prowl the the yard to find he's trying to find demi Moore, right but but the judge gets to them first and is now holding demi Moore. yeah she's about to chop her up yeah there's like a they have like a they have like a three-way yeah and and he's like if you don't come out here i'm gonna kill her and if you come out let her walk if you if you come out here and she's like she tells him to no, run away, but he's like, I can't run away. So he like finds a way to distract them. He like blows up a bunch of gas containers and makes yeah, it. Yeah, dis- there's like loose gasoline everywhere. Yeah, and uh, he blows it up, makes a huge explosion, which also causes. Actually, never mind. Does not uh, causes a huge explosion. Mm-hmm. They get in the old car because it's not dead. It just uh, there's a anti-theft system that's preventing them from right right it uh floods the it floods the yeah but they get in the car does it well it doesn't work but then they get they find they cross the moat and they get on a train and they escape through that way yeah because they, it works it just like it like breaks when they get across the moat. yeah so when they get back to normal civilization they tell every they tell the cops they tell the judge they tell people and the National Guard, they all have they all drive the back FBI. there because they because for some reason they need Chevy Chase to confirm the identity of the judge or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand like why they I mean like why would you agree to go back first of all? And then like just bring them in and I could 
Yeah. I mean, we know why now, but Chevy Chase is like a banker. He's not more savvy with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 what happens? So they the the, the National Guard, the police, everybody shows up. They call the judge out to answer the front door and he's like i don't know who these people are there i don't know who these people and then they're like he's like well you know it's i'm so happy to have all of these friends around and they're like hi judge and like everybody's like yeah, so everybody like this entire raid party they brought with them are like on first name basis with yeah, for some reason they they come to a handshake agreement that he kills off all the bad people. That's what yeah, I got. Kind of cool with what he he's cool with what he's doing, and it's kind of like a, a big anti cop thing, which is cool with me, I guess. But like, they're just like, yeah, these cops love that, that the judge can just take justice into his own hand. No red tape for this guy. So as soon as the everything is uh, revealed. The underground coal mine fire finally d- does enough destruction to cause the whole area of land. Chekhov's, Chekhov's coal mine yeah, fire. Yeah, Chekhov's coal mine fire finally goes off and destroys the whole plant, the whole, I don't know how to call it, uh, like the whole village, I think, right? Or just the, the whole prop- piece of property. The property is just demolished. Yeah, it's sunken into the ground. Chevy Chase and uh, Demi Moore escape barely. They, that's This is when they get in the car. This is when they steal the car. They steal the car back. It was it, it wasn't technically all is te- that what they Yeah, did? that's how they escaped the uh the landfill. They got okay. back in his beamer and they drive away. And then we uh we we cut to uh the Brazilians and John Candy walking on a beautiful John Candy has like absconded yeah, to to Brazil, to Brazil and he's, now, he's dating now dating the, the sister uh, the Brazilian lady where they're both wearing tuxedos and they're like living the good life yeah. in brazil and then we see demi moore which i would i would have I would, they, real quick before you finish up the movie the way that i would have fixed the movie for myself is just to have it be about john candy leaving that shitty life and then absconding to brazil <sighs> all right so how's it end it ends chevy chase and demi moore get back to like a hotel and Chevy Chase is having like a night terror dream of what happened. That's his house. Is it his house? Okay, it's his house. I think so. And he's watching the news, and the news is like, well, there was a giant sinkhole in Valkenvania that all that uh, also made the recent discovery of this crude oil that will be worth millions. Oh, here's the man who owns the land now. And it's the judge, and it freaks out Chevy Chase, and he like runs through a wall like cartoon style, and right because the judge is like, "We got nothing left here. I'm moving in with my son-in-law. My son-in-law. He lives in New York City, and then he holds up his license. He has his license. He has his license, and his penis nose again shows up. And uh, yeah, he cartoonish. That's when you know he's a little stinker. And he cartoonishly runs through the wall, and that is the end of Nothing But Trouble. Yep. Digital Underground kicks back in. And it takes us out to sweet, sweet nothings, baby. I loved it. I loved all of the Digital Underground scene where he's like trying to get out of the wedding. He's like, you guys, you got to help me. He's like, hey, man, good luck with that. 
He's like, <laughs> it's peace. Funny. Hey, I remember I was nervous for my wedding. We gotta go. We gotta go. So, uh, we gotta what was your low go. point, Colin? Um, I think the um the un the full undressing scene with Dan Aykroyd um was my low point. Good choice. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a plethora of low points to pick from in this movie. Uh, the, the introduction of Bobo and Lil Debbie, uh, don't like them. <laughs> um, did not, uh, did not love the eating of the hot dog. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll stick with, I'll stick with the undressing scene. Cause that was definitely the scene that made me most like physically uncomfortable. Just because, like, every couple of seconds, a new part of him came off. And I was like, yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's it. So, this, this, uh, that's it. I'm not, I don't have any trivia for this one. I'm sure there's a lot on this, but other people have covered it. So, look them up. Uh, we've got one more week of March Madness, and then we're locking that clown up forever. Yeah, don't even bring up the um, word clown. He might hear you. Sorry, I didn't uh, didn't mean it. Uh, all right, so let's pull up the the old March Madness wheel. Pull it up, Colton. Or uh, I pulled it up and I'm spinning for you, my friend. Spinny binny bim ba dip dip do 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 getting a little serious this week you're gonna be uh you're gonna be watching the number 23 oh the jim carrey movie yeah oh, madness mad the madness of obsession <laughs> oh my god i've seen this movie <laughs> Good. it's time to revisit <laughs> what do you what do you have to watch if you don't if you don't make it if i don't make it it's spinning spinning stop the Big Bang Theory. Ooh. Ooh, boy. God well, it, uh, let me spin for me. Spinny doom 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 Spinny doom 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 It's been a while uh, since they had a drama, looks right? Looks like... Yeah, we've had some pretty... We, I, I tried to overpack the list with kooky character pieces because I don't want to be offensive about <laughs> mental health stuff. Um, the, uh, looks like I got, I got Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop, that sounds familiar. Oh, is that the one that, uh, it's, Big Chin is in? Big Chin is in it, uh, Robert Dazar, or Zadar. He does, uh, he does have a role in it. Ugh. I have seen this movie, uh, and I, I don't remember how I feel about it, so... <laughs> Excited for this Maniac Cop in the number twenty-three, rounding out our March Madness, and then we'll announce the next theme next week. Uh, is the clown coming in, or do you want to just do the outro? Let's do the outro. Clownless. I don't want. I don't want to wake Let's him. Do, yeah, here we'll do it real quiet so we don't wake him. Thank you very much for listening to uh, Too Big to Bail. 
Uh, I'm Colton Bazinas. That's Eric Spooky Dominguez. Uh, please tune in next week. Really? Really exciting. Really uh oh. Really? Oh, fuck. I got a job to do. Uh, hey. Look, man. Can you be cool about this for like five minutes? Yeah. We thought you were sounding sick, you know. I okay. Yeah, we I didn't guess wanna... we're going Hey, and I'm not gonna lie to you, man. For me, you're hard to understand, and this is a, a purely audio m medium. And uh, I don't know if the fans like you. Uh, I know that I, I'm, you know, on a personal note, I'm not into it. But uh, you want to wrap it up for me, clown man? Go ahead, sure. knock it out of the park. Uh, hey, everybody, don't watch. Don't listen. Podcast is it today? Next week, they watch my number 23 and maybe I talk. This is the last time you'll hear from me because I will go into a bed of sleepless slumber on the rest of the journey. Goodbye. Well, I can't, uh, I can't understand the clown, so I have to hope that he got that info out there. Thank you. Bye.